This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen. Go to our foundational scripture, which is found in the book of Philippians. I have last week I started teaching within that hour. I'm I'm used to streaming and we do about two hours on the streaming because you didn't have nowhere to go. So I'm trying to condense everything down to get back the way we used to teach. So we're going to try to get through everything that I want to get through today. But if not, there's still another day. I always, every time I want to rush through something, I always hear my founding pastor say, "Nope, you're not trying to get you're not trying to get through. You're trying to get them to understand. Slow down. It don't doesn't matter. It's always another Sunday. It's always another Wednesday. So just get what you're gonna do, and that's that. You know, sometimes you you just so full of it, you be like, okay, let me just tell them one more thing, one more thing, and that's one more thing they're gonna regurgitate it all up. So just be just just slow it down. Amen." In the book of Philippians chapter 2, we had began, let me get there, we had began a teaching uh, for the last six weeks on staying focused and undistracted. So important in this ministry at this time. It's so important in your life that you be focused and undistracted. It's so important that you stay focused and undistracted. It's so important that you understand and know there's many things that's going to get you all focused and distracted. And if you allow yourself, I'm telling you, just natural things, and you don't even know that you're distracted, but you only realize you're distracted when you're in trouble. But you could, you could, you could avoid all of that. Then you want to talk to everybody about everything. But you've been distracted the whole time. Caught up with this world that cares nothing about you. God said, I need you to be distracted. Thank you, son. I need you to be undistracted. I need you to hold on. I need you to stay put. I need you to put down those roots and let it go deep. And say, I'm, I'm staying right here, God. I'm going to stay focused. Recognizing things that will get you all focused. And say, oh, I know that. That's something to get me all focused. Oh, no, 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 no. Or someone calls that person that's always got the running their yappers. You need to say, oh. No, no, no. That's going to get me off focus. You have to learn to recognize it. Don't play into it because those things are going to get you off. Amen. So in Philippians chapter 2, we began at, at verse 1 and we walked through that. And, and we began to start talking about being like-minded and understanding what being like-minded. Because the scripture tells us here in in Philippians, I'm not going to go back through everything because we've already taught it and it will keep me from getting to where I need to get. But we were talking about being like-minded. And we started at verse 1 and we went through verse 4. And we, you know, and we're going to push forward because we need to understand what being like-minded is. We realize that the, and in this whole teaching, we want you to realize the mind uh, connects the spirit man. The spirit man, the soul man, all of the connection that goes along that the body, the spirit, soul, and body, all that completes man, all of those things that are connected together, we need to understand the necessity of it. The necessity that we're made up of those things and the necessity of being filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Not just saying we are, but actually being that. We said in our previous teaching that the mind has three components. You need to understand that. The mind has three components. It's made up of three components. It's your intellect, it's your emotions, and your will. It's your intellect, your emotions, and your will. should be in your note. Amen? And when I say your intellect, the... Um, your emotions and your wills. I don't want you to. Conf- I don't ever want you to confuse like-minded. When I say we all should be like-minded, that we should all be doing the same thing, or saying the same thing, or dressing the same way, or liking the same thing. That's not what being like-minded means. And we went over that thoroughly. Amen. What like-minded means is that intellectually we are the same spiritually. We look at things spiritually, all of us. We don't just look at things off the top of our head. Everybody collectively as as one in the body of Christ need to look at things intellectually, spiritually. Do you understand that? Spiritually. Amen. And then we went to the book of Corinthians and um, we, we understood some things about not just taking information. There's a difference between information and knowledge. And we have to be very careful in taking in information. Information is just simply data. And some information is not even worthy taking in. Sometimes you'll take in information, it'll mess up your life. Just like reading certain books. Some books is just not good to read. Because once you get it in your spirit, it's hard to get out. It's hard to get out. You'd be like, oh, I wish I never read that. I wish I never, oh. But, but you put it in. You have to be careful about just picking up anything. Let, wait, let me, let, me, let me go a little further so you'll understand. You have to be careful about picking up Christian books. You, you just don't read something because it says it's Christian. That's how you get in a trap. You have to have a foundation. You have to know what you're reading, know what you're putting in. And you look and you be like, well, no, that's not scriptural. I can't put that in my spirit. You gotta watch what you read. You gotta watch what people say to you. Get into your, into your mind. That's going to, you know, examine it through the word. If it's not with the word, then cast it out. Nope, I'm not gonna put that in my spirit. That's how we do. Amen. Knowledge is different. Knowledge is a specific thing of God whereby you and I, we establish a relationship with the knowledge that we receive. And we receive, we're guided by it. We place it in our spirit as facts because it comes from God. And I'm guided and I'm guiding my life according to those things, that knowledge of God. That's different from information. Amen. Some information is not worthy to be put putting into your spirit. Then we talked about emotions and we said how do we be like-minded emotionally? And then I told you it's, it's the same it's same thing. There are words that, that, that we have that we can react to and we have to say, wait a minute, emotionally I can get caught up. Emotions can give you a trap. There's nothing wrong with emotions when you have them in check. But when you don't have them in check, emotions will lead you all over the place. And I remember I gave you the example last week. I told you, let me tell you, the same emotions that get you to do drugs, it get you to fight, act a fool, is the same emotions that can get you to shout. There's not two different kinds of emotions. There's only one. And, there's, and, and it can be triggered by the enemy. It can be triggered by God. But it's the same emotions. Is that understood? I don't want you to think, oh, i got to make sure my emotions with God is good. You know, if the enemy... No, no, no. There's only one emotion. There's only one. 
And it's going to be triggered one way or the other. So you have to be very cautious of that. And say, you know what? Again, again, I have to say it like I said it last week. There's nothing wrong with shouting. You can shout all you want to. Just make sure it's of God. Amen. But we're not going to get, we dug into that last week. Now, if you all want to hear that from last week to connect this, because remember, this is a teaching ministry. And when you miss a certain teachers, you have gap in your knowledge. And when you have gaps in your knowledge, you go with one teaching and you don't know how to connect the knowledge. And then you're going to miss it. And then you're going to say the word of God doesn't work. Well, it does work, but you know what? You've got to put it all together. Line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, and you match it up, and, you, and it works. But when you have gaps in your knowledge, you just hear a message like today, and you're going to try to act on it, but you didn't hear the, the last five that establishes you to walk in the sixth. Now, that's not, you know, that's not difficult. That concept, that, that's not difficult. You do it all the time in school. In school, that's the way they do it. You, they add on, they add on. And if, if you want to graduate, you've connected all of that and put it together. So it's not like, oh, God is asking me, oh, I got a really good. No, it's something that you do, you do on the regular. But see, when it comes to God, we act like it's so difficult to do. It's not difficult to do. It's called working out your salvation. It's, ta- it's called walking this walk with God. It's called learning, growing, developing, adding to my life that I can grow and develop. That I'm not the same way this year that I was last year. Why? Because I've connected knowledge and I've walked in it. It's not enough to connect it. Anybody can connect it and store it up. But you've got to walk in it. Because let me tell you, no matter what you've been taught, God is always going to give you an opportunity to walk in what you've been taught. It's going to come up the moment you walk out this door. To walk in what you've been taught. Or throw it away or start talking so much that you don't even know what you... It's just all over the place and you just let it get robbed from you. Don't let it be robbed. Amen. Now, we also... Let's see. We also have a will. And that's in our mind. That's our divine center of choice. It's yours. It's yours. And I'm telling you, that, that God gave each and every one of us a will. And that's why people don't understand. Why won't God do this? Why won't God do that in my life? Because you have a will. And God is not going to violate your will. God said, I gave you the will to do what you want. But I'll tell you what to do with it. He said, I'll lay it out for you. And I'll tell you what to choose. But still, it's your will. Most of everyone in here, no, not most, everyone in here, where your life is today is directly a part, is connected to your will. Everything that you've done in your life, you will to do it. I will do it. And you did it. And whether you're paying for it, whether good, bad, or indoor, if you did good, you, you still... You, you got, it's coming out of your will. If you did bad or you made wrong choices, it's still. It, it was your will. See, we all want to blame God for everything that we will to do. Now, God being as 
sovereign as he is, a lot of times we have such terrible things we've done in the will. But God will help us get out of it. Now, you have to go through it. There's nothing magic. Just understand, no magic. There's no magic in God. There's no, all of a sudden, I'm going to wake up one day and all this is going to disappear. There's no magic in, there's no magic in debt. There's no debt cancellation. You got to pay your obligations. There's no, 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 no. What I heard on TV, stop looking at TV. Come in here and get the truth. There's no debt cancellation. God expects you to pay those bills. Guess what? You made them. God didn't make them. God canceled my debt. No, no, no. When I read in the Bible where God canceled the debt, well, see, that's why you need to be in here. Because you want to understand how, what, what he meant when he canceled the debt. But it sure wasn't their bills. You gotta pay that man. You gotta pay the, whatever obligation you made, there will be no debt cancellation. Your credit score will show you that. So we need to understand, whatever we will to do, be able to take the consequences for the choices. Good or bad. You're going to have consequences. Be okay with it. Amen? I'm not going to stay there. Should have been here last week. Now, and then we began to walk through, do a little walk through scripturally in the Bible. We were in chapter 2 and we started at verse 5. And we started finding out and we noticed that. Let, let's, let's read it. And are you in uh, Philippians chapter 2? Beginning at verse 5, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And we took note that it didn't say, Let this mind be in you that is in Christ Jesus. It said, Was in Christ Jesus. And that's for a reason. Referring to how Jesus reached in, uh, reacted, I'm sorry, in his human mind. You, if you, now, you have to understand this or you're going to miss it. Jesus was normal. He was a human. Everything, everything that Jesus had, we have. He thought, Jesus had an average mind. I believe that. I don't believe Jesus was a genius. Jesus left all his glory, God left all his glory in heaven. There's no advantages for Jesus. Everything that Jesus had when he had, was in his earthly ministry, we have. How can we relate if not? So if that's the case, I need to find out every way that Jesus acted and reacted so that I can get the same benefits that he got. Because that's the way you're going to get it. If you look at your life, have you acted and reacted like Jesus? That's why you're where you are. That's why supernatural nothing has been happening. I mean, they, I mean, you know, we can we can call it out, and we can tell, you know, and we can get loud with it, and you know, and do all of that. We can do all of that, but there'll be no results. Jesus was normal. Nobody knew his IQ, but I told you last week. I believe it was average, just average. 
He, he, he was a genius. Remember, all of his glory is in heaven. It wasn't with him. He was just like you and I. Amen. And we need to understand that his mind, he did everything completely like we do. Everything. He thought like we thought. But he had a different way of bringing it on a whole different. So just follow me. Amen. But the mind of Jesus need to be in you. He said, let this, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now, again, remember his advantages are all in heaven. Now, the only difference between you and Jesus is Jesus was preeminent. The word preeminent means, simply means first. He was first in everything. He, God, God made sure he was first in everything. Jesus was the first to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And he did everything first so that we could be second, third, fourth, fifth, so that we can all do it. So I want to do what he did. So that I can have what he has. Amen. So he did everything. Jesus was our example to show us that, what, that the same thing that God gave him, we have. Amen. And then so we looked, uh, let's, let's go on with, with, um, from verse 5. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made of himself no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even unto the death of the cross. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him, and given him a name that is above every name. Jump down to verse 12. No, no, we're going to stop right there. Gave him a name that is above every name. God has highly exalt, exalted him. Now, the Bible tells us that we should, be, we should get rid of every weight and sin that have easily beset us. And we talked about that last week, and we told you what weight was. Weight is an impediment that slows you down. It just hangs on you. It slows you down in everything that you do. It makes you sluggish. That's what weight does. It's dragging on you. And I told you about swimmers and and cyclists. Everything they put on tight clothes. They put on things so nothing is hanging off of them. Racers, you know, you you see the girls and the guys whenever they're on the track, they, they're almost naked. They try. They 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 don't want nothing on them to keep to slow them down and then we talked about the sin and the sin the sin not sins just the sin that easily besets you and i told you each and every one of us in here have the sin and the sin is that one sin that all of us before we were believers all of us got caught up in every one of us the sin I know, I know you want to be holy than thou like you walk so holy, but no ma'am and no sir. You had the sin that you always ran back to. A lot of us have that same sin in common. And a lot of it took it into our life as believers. That's the sin. God was showing us how. And I told you how you could get rid of easily weights. Weights easy to get rid of. You could just flick it off. You could flick a person off and you'd be you'd reduce you by twenty pounds. 
You can just, you know, you can just, just you can just stop going to the wrong places. Bam, flick, that, that weight's off of you. You can just change your phone number. Flick, that weight's gone. See, a lot of weights that we have that's just on us, they're easy to get rid of. It Just flick it off. Sometimes you need to hang up the phone. That'll just reduce a lot of weight. Don't even say bye. Just hang up. That's how you get the weight off quick. Just hang up. Don't, 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 don't say bye. Cause then a whole nother conversation will start. Just hang up. And you'll be like, oh, I feel lighter. Just, I needed to do that. Easy to get weight off. But that's sin. The sin that you took in as a believer into your life when you became a believer. That same sin that you had when you were an unbeliever. That only you and God know about. Hmm, I know. And that's a strong area of lust. Strong area of lust. Look at somebody next to you and say, we all had it. Now, if you don't say that, you're lying. I know some of you want to look at somebody and say, I still have it. You can go and say it. No, we get it. We get it. We get it. God's here to help you today. We, we know you still have it. That's why you're here. It's okay. God said, now I'm going to help you get rid of it. Amen. Now, look back at verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? I told you last week, it does not mean that you can think like God. None of us can think like God. He told us that. He said, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. You can't think like me. But yet it tells us, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. What mind? Well, here we go. We can't think like God, but we can know what God is thinking. And that's why you find Jesus praying so much and you find him always going off and praying. And he was praying here, praying there. And I'm telling you, all the way up into the Garden of Gethsemane, all the way to the cross, he prayed all the time. He stayed in contact with God because he always needed to know what God was thinking about an issue. And God is telling us today, you can always know what I'm thinking about the issue in your life. But you can't think like me because my thoughts are so far above yours. And I love the fact that I can stay in contact with him. Jesus, that's what he did. He stayed in contact with God to find out every situation, every circumstance, what to do. Are you with me? Now, we can have the attitude of Jesus. When he was on the earth. We can have the attitude. We can have the lifestyle that Jesus had on earth. And now we're going to learn how to make sure we know what God is thinking. And then I told you, I told you to write that down. That, I, that it's, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Simply means that I can know what God is thinking about the issues of my life. Amen. You're not going to be, and, that, and God knew that you were not going to be able to think like Him. That's why He said, the just shall live by faith. Because you'll never be able to think like me. But you can know what I'm thinking about your issues in your life. Amen. Now, 
oh, I don't want to go through all of this, but I have to. Amen. Then we also said that we need to, how did the knowledge flow between God and Jesus? Because Jesus was always in prayer. How did it flow from God to Jesus? Well, you have to realize in the teaching, and you have to realize what I'm teaching on. I'm teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to break that down. The mind of God. Let this mind be in you that's also in Christ Jesus. Listen to me. The mind of God is the Spirit of God. The mind of God is the Spirit of God. Amen? Now you have to understand that. Very important. Let this same Spirit, which is the mind of God, of Jesus, follow me. See, that ought to turn, turn on the light. Be in you. The same Spirit that was in Jesus, let it be in you. The light should have came on. I told you that God never told the Son of Jesus, I mean the Son of God, which was Jesus, He never did not one miracle until after He was full of the Holy Ghost. Not until He was filled with the Holy Ghost. For 30 years, he did no miracles. He wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost. He had to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Let me push, let me push forward. And we, we find out when we, 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 we saw, even when, uh, he went to the Jordan and got baptized by John the Baptist, we've also found out that John the Baptist wasn't a Baptist. He just baptized her. Amen. Just, just wanted you to know. He's not a Baptist. I know your preacher told you that at church. See, John's the Baptist. No, no, he ba- he's a baptizer. But no, he wasn't a Baptist. But when he came, when Jesus came, the Holy God told him something. He spoke to him. He said, now the one that comes in the water and a dove comes down and descends on him, he's the one. God told John that. And sure enough, that's what happened. Jesus walks up, and here he is. He goes into the water, and John sees the doves descend on him and land on him. He said, that's the one. And it said that the, the Holy Spirit came in, the Holy Spirit came in the form of a dove. And right after that, the Spirit drove Jesus to the mountain. Because the first thing that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to do is deal with the flesh. He drove Jesus to the mountain for his testing. How can you go 40 days and 40 nights without food or drink? Putting that flesh under. And, And the only way that you can do that, you must be in constant communication with God. Constant communication with God. Amen. And then I told you, this, I'm, this is going to be the last of the deal, because i got to get into the new information, and time is just moving quickly. <sighs> okay. So Jesus always found out what God was thinking about every situation that he was in. Amen. And then I told you about him going to his friend Lazarus' funeral. And they were so upset. 
and I showed you where God, when Jesus came and and they were all upset because he was going and it said that Jesus groaned in the spirit. And he groaned because he had to talk to God about what was going on. And when God let him know what he thought about the situation, what did Jesus do? Lazarus, come forth. But he had to first find out what God thought about the situation. He didn't just go in. One of the first miracles that he did, he couldn't. Let me tell you, if he would have went to that wedding where he turned water into wine and had not been filled with the Holy Ghost, he couldn't have turned it into wine. It was after he was filled. It's show, I'm, again, I'm trying to show you the importance of being filled with the Holy Spirit. See, I want you to throw out of your head about being filled with the Holy Ghost. All you think about is tongues. Ooh, am I going to have to speak in that? Am I going to do it? Uh, look, speaking in tongues is evidence. That's all. That's not the Holy, that's not what the Holy Spirit is all about. That's just evidence. That you are, but that's not what it's about. We're going to find the sensuality of what the Holy Spirit is all about. And it's not about tongues. Please get that out of your head. And let me tell you, I know for a lot of you, especially you that I don't know, and you that are visitors here, I already know how you've been taught. Tongues passed away. you got to even understand what that is. And we'll do a teaching on that as well. Holy Ghost has passed away. Oh, don't get caught up in that because it, that tongue thing is, is passed away. And let me tell you, let me tell you, wrong teaching is hard to get rid of. I can give you truth all day long in here. But that, that wrong teaching is this in debt down in you, you're not going to receive it. You're going to have, let me tell you, you're going to have to fight this. You know what? Because I'm going to show you in the scripture, you're going to have to fight with God. Because you've been taught wrong, so you just shut down. When anybody talk about the Holy Ghost, just shut down. And th- let me, that's exactly what the enemy wants you to do. Shut down. I don't need you with this power. I don't care about you being a believer, but you don't need you don't need this power. But yet you say you want to be like Jesus. Now, let's start the new information. Are you with me? Let's go to John chapter seven. Let's go there. I'm trying to be my granddaughter told me, she said, Madam. I guess she heard me teaching. She said, Madam, why are you hollering? I said, listen. <laughs> Madam, were you fussing? I said, no, that's just the way my voice sounds, baby. And I heard her dad or her uncle one of them said, that's just the way Madam talks. I'm like, seriously? Said, Madam, why are, you, why are you fussing? I said, no, I'm not fussing. I'm getting the point across. Amen. So I don't want you to think that either because you might be like my granddaughter and say, why is she fussing? I'm not fussing. You know, I I don't have that little sweet, light, tender voice. My husband loved it. (laughs) Okay, we're not going to go there. But, But I don't have that kind of voice. And when I'm teaching, I'm just teaching. 
Okay, I'm not mad at you because if you don't want it, I'll take yours. Okay, so I'm I'm just teaching and just you know just kind of overlook over overlook the voice. Amen. You know, I never would listen to my own message. I still don't really listen to my own messages. And my husband used to always tell me, why? I said, I just hate my voice. I, I don't like, he said, it's not about you. Forget the voice. The, the content. That's all you need to be listening to. And I still don't listen to it. But anyway, John chapter 7. Amen. Because I want to move to getting us filled with the Holy Spirit. So important. So this morning, I'm going to talk about the reality and the essentiality of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So important. Let's first start with the reality. Reality first. The reality is that the Holy Spirit is real. And it is essential that we be baptized in the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 7, beginning at verse 37... It says, in the last days, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He's not talking about sodas, and he's not talking about pop, and he's not talking about tea. He's saying, if anyone's thirst, let him come unto me. He that believeth on me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Listen to me closely. Listen, listen what he's saying. Verse 40, 39. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believed on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost had not yet given, was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Here we go. Verse 41. I mean, 40. Many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying, said, Of a truth, this is the prophet. Others said, You know what? There are always going to be others. <laughs> know that. There are always going to be others. Others said, This is the Christ. But some said, There will always be some, too. Some said, Shall Christ come out of Galilee? <laughs> Hath not the scripture said that Christ cometh of the seed of David out of the town of Bethlehem where David was? Let me make sure I'm aware of Yes. So there was a division among the people because of him. Because of who? There was a division among the people because of Jesus. There's a division today among believers because of Jesus. That's why he's trying to give it to us straight. You know, when you get somebody to, oh, no, I'm not trying to get baptized in no Holy Spirit. Uh, that crazy stuff and speaking in tongues, you know. Uh-uh. Because a lot of people, you know, you know, a lot of people, you know what, uh, that, that whole concept, they wrap the Holy Spirit around tongues. And that's what runs them away. Amen. But, but, but this morning, I'm not talking about tongues. I'm talking about the reality of the Holy Spirit, which is different. And I like what verse 39 says. It says, But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believed on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because the Jesus was not yet glorified. You know the word receive? You know the word receive? Receive is very passive. 
It's a passive act, isn't it? Okay, let me let me show you. Everybody that has a have a Bible, give the Bible to the person next to you. Just hand it to them, and you take it. They just received it. Now, just, just, just do it. Now, you know, go go along with this because you, you, I'm teaching you something. Now, give your your Bible back and just just receive it. Now, was that hard? It was just passive. Just passed it over. Person just received it. Just received it. Very, very passive. Very, very, very significant to this teaching. Listen, listen. We just, I mean, just, I mean, the, the, that, the way you did that is the same way to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Give it, you receive it. No big deal. No, baby stuff. Just give it, you receive it. See, it ain't no, nobody's gonna teach you nothing. Nobody's gonna say, well, okay, let me teach you how to say in tongues. Da, 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 da. I'm not saying, Honda, uh, uh, I'm not doing that's not that's not scriptural. It's just simply receiving. You give it over, the person receive it. I give it, you receive it. Same way with the Holy Spirit. Hold it. Hold on to that. Because it's just a matter of baby stuff. Receiving. Are you with me? Listen. Listen to me. Same way. Now Understand this with the Holy Spirit. It's a free gift. It's a free gift. You ought to say, God, I want it. And let me tell you, don't nobody like something free like us. <laughs> well, this is free. Well, what is free? It's free. It's a gift. If, you ever, if someone ever charged you for that, it's not the Holy Spirit. It's, if somebody charge you for it, it's not a gift. A gift is free. Go with me to Acts chapter 1. Run. we got to run. I know you can. Acts chapter 1. The reality of what Jesus said. Jesus now has been crucified. And he is walking among men in his resurrec- res- resurrected body. And then this is what he said. Are you in Acts chapter 1? Uh, let's begin at verse 8. Now, again, he's now showing himself in the resurrected body. He's been crucified. Verse 8. Jesus saying, But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. I wouldn't change this for our dispensation of time if I say, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me both in your home, at your workplace, in your family's house, wherever you are in your backyard. Now, you don't get baptized in the Holy Spirit to speak in tongues. It just told you here what it was for. It just told you. Tongues is for evidence. It just told you. You shall receive. You shall receive. You shall receive what? I want to hear everybody say, you shall receive. Because I don't want you to think I said it. 
You just read it. We're talking about the reality of the Holy Spirit. You're going to receive power. He haven't even mentioned tongues here. Power. That's the reason why we're baptized in the Holy Ghost. So that we can have power to to witness. Now witness is twofold. First of all, the word witness, the word in the Greek means martyr. And it actually means to put to death. You should have power to put to death every weight and every sin that so easily beset you now that you have the power. See, you've been wondering as a believer, but you have no power, why you continue in that same thing. You have no power. This gives you power to get to, to help you with that weight and that sin. So now you know why you continue in it. In it, why? That's how. That now you know why you go down to every altar and you stand there and you want prayer and you keep saying that you know you want you you want to be delivered. Well, you don't have any power. Hmm. Now, the Holy Spirit. First, everybody say first, is intended to clean up your life. The first thing that Jesus did was take that flesh to the mountain. The first thing the Holy Spirit is going to do is clean up your life. That's why Paul said, I am crucified with him. Nevertheless, I live, but yet not I, but it's him that lives in me. Jesus said when he was in his earthly ministry, people would say, wow, look at the work he's doing. He's marvelous. He said, it's him that doeth the work. It's not me. It's him that dwells in me that doeth the work. So what are we saying here? We're saying first, when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, the first thing that that we do is allow the Holy Spirit to work on us. God work on me and I don't care how religious you think you are you need work did you hear me you need work you have to lie some of you been in let me tell you some of you been in 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 God for a long time been in the in this way for a long time and you haven't done this because he wouldn't have me teaching it if you did are you with me have you ever seen people full of the Holy Ghost I have. And no fruit. No fruit of the Spirit. See, for every gift of God, there's a counterfeit of the devil. Know that. Know that. For every gift of God, there's a counterfeit that the enemy plays. One thing for sure, when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost... The first thing that he will do internally is organize you. Internally. That's the first thing he's going to do. Internally. He starts straightening mess out inside. I mean, we, I'm telling you, we push back on God heavily when he's trying to organize us and trying to get us to a place. But that's the first thing he's going to do. He's going to organize you. 
start, start getting things together on the inside. The Holy Spirit is real. Now look at Acts chapter 2. You should still be there. Getting things together. The Holy Spirit is real. In verse uh, uh, 1 in chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there come a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a, as a fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in, with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Everybody, everybody say all. Everybody say all. Nobody in that place got left out. Nobody. Isn't that what we just read? It said all. It didn't say some got filled. It said all. Nobody got left out. And that's what I expect here this morning. That's my expectation. And they spoke in other tongues. How? It says here, as the Spirit gave the utterance. It didn't say something I made up or they made up. It says the Spirit gave the utterance. Grab it. That's how. Look at verse 38 in that same chapter. Chapter 2. Verse 38. Then Peter, after he was preaching, said unto them, Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, right here is where people start thinking about water. When he says, repent, and every one of you be baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's not water baptism there. Let's read it again. I'm going to take my time. Because you, you got to get this. Uh, verse, what verse was 38? Then Peter, you have to go back and read, he did preaching. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remissions of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Mm, mm, mm. He preached a big sermon. Well, Pastor, many preachers say that this has passed away. Do you really think, just think about it, do you really think that Jesus will come down here, go through all that he went through, crucified, spit on, hung on the cross, nails dug in his back, looked like ground meat where he's been ripped, did all of that, listen, all power in heaven and earth was given unto him, Listen, go through the agony that we see in Isaiah 53, that we see in Psalms 22. Do you think Jesus did all of that to only give the Holy Spirit to 124? That will even make any sense. To say, well, they had it, but that's passed away now. Just 124 of them. The devil has tricked the church. 
Well, you know what? If I was a good enemy, I'd go that way too. Because you know how he tricked him? Because, see, the devil knows scriptures better than you and I in a lot of cases. And when it says that, listen, the devil knows that the scripture says, how are they going to hear without a preacher? He knows that. So now I got to get the preachers to believe it. And I got to get the preachers to teach it to the people. That's how I'll get them not to believe it. The enemy's smart. Just get it to the preachers. Because they, oh, they love that. How are they going to hear without a preacher? They got to go hear a preacher. And how can they preach unless they sit? Oh, they can quote it all. So I got to make sure I have the preacher. So I got to have those posing as angels of light. And I got to make sure that they say it's passed away. And make sure they deliver it to the people. Oh, how the church has been tricked. Duped. He's convinced. And let me tell you, he, people have created whole denominations behind it's passed away. Some of them need to put that across their church, the it's passed away church. That's how deep they are into that. And they're teaching it, and many follow it. They were saying the same thing back here when they asked Peter the same thing. Basically, they were thinking to themselves, have it passed away, Peter? Well, you know what? Look at what Peter said, verse 37 and 38. Where am I? Hmm. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. See, after, after they, they heard, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? What? This is what's happening? Look at verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized. He's like, oh, they were like, oh my God. We want this. We want what you're talking about. We know. They, they felt the conviction on the inside. And I like what he said. You receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Again, if you have any, it, it's a free gift. If you have to pay for it, it's not a, the Holy Spirit. Did you hear me? Go with me to Acts chapter 10. A few pages over. Come on, walk me, walk it through. You gotta learn about a teaching ministry. You now have to learn to be taught. Now, this is what I like of what, 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 what Peter said too. Peter said, it's, it's given unto you and to your children and to all that are far off. To you and to your children. And and even those that are out there doing drugs and out there hanging out and drinking, everything, as soon as they get saved, he said, I'll fill them too. The far off ones. So we don't give up on our children. We don't give up on our relatives. We just say, oh, they're far off. But oh, when they get to know God, they're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because it's unto you, unto your children, and all that are far off. All that are far off. God's going to baptize them in the Holy Ghost. They're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Power. This is what's, this is what's going to really get you. Once they fill with the Holy Ghost, the ones that are far off, 
once they feel with the Holy Ghost and they come to church and all of a sudden they surpass you and you be like wait a minute God I've been in this church for this many years how they come in they ain't been here but two years and they passed me and you know what God's going to say yeah they did who are they so why are they so special all of a sudden they come in they get to do this they get it God said well let me tell you when Jesus saved you when God saved you guess what he did immediately he put you right in there with joint heirs with Jesus now what if Jesus would say the same thing well God don't do that for them they need to go to the cross like I did they, you mean you gonna make them equal to me and, and, and they didn't go through nothing yeah so don't get mad when somebody come in that ain't been here that long and they surpass you. Because they took getting filled with the Holy Ghost seriously. Well, you didn't. <sighs> See, you don't you don't you you don't want God to mm-mm. You don't want God to ask God that. Amen. Now, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Just stay where you are. Jesus had to know the mind of God. He had to. Listen, he had to know God's mind, not God's power. He needed to know God's mind. And Jesus humbled himself. He had to do all of this suffering and, 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 and all those type of things so that we can enjoy the benefits of his labor. We're enjoying the benefits of all that he had to go through. And the best part is free. How great is that? It's free. <laughs> oh, when you give your offerings, that's not to give Jesus for nothing that Jesus did. That's to keep the lights on here and to pay for the building. That's what that's what that's for. That's for things we do around here. That you're not you're not buying nothing from God. You don't have enough money. And God don't want your money because He can't use your money. Only you can use that. It's a free gift. If you came to this church and you never gave a dime, God forbid. But if you did, God is still God. It's still a free gift. He's not going to hold it back and say, well, you don't never give nothing, so no, I ain't I'll give that. See, that's man. That's not God. God said, nope. You don't have to die on the cross. You don't have to do any of that. All I want you to do is have the same attitude Jesus has so that you can have all the benefits that Jesus has. Now, are you in, you're in Acts chapter 10. Now, let's talk about when the Holy Ghost fell upon the Gentiles. Now, let me tell you what a Gentile is, in case you just don't know. I know most of us in here know. But a Gentile is a thug heathen. Straight up. And we all were thug heathens. Not just a thug, we were thug heathens. Because we were doubling up on thugness, okay? So we were thug heathens. And that's all a Gentile is. Just, just, everybody say thug heathen. That's a she heathen, a he heathen, all of it, all of that. That's a Gentile. So you won't think you're so holy. 
But you're not a thug heathen now. Unless you don't know Jesus Christ. And that's okay. You can come in here and be a thug heathen. We'll get you right. we get you saved and you'll go from a thug heathen to a saint. Just like that. I mean, just like that. Amen. So, we're talking about the Holy Ghost falling upon the thug heathens. The Gentiles. Acts chapter 10, beginning at verse 1, it says, There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man, and one that feared God with all of his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Now here's a man that believed in God. He was doing better than a lot of Christians. He was doing a great job. And then God moved upon Simon Peter... Simon Peter, big time Peter, was a bigot. Whether you knew it or not. He was one of the biggest bigots that was walking around. St. Peter? Yeah! He was a bigot. God said, Peter, go and minister to that uh, those other people. Peter said, oh, no, no. <laughs> you got that twisted, God. <laughs> those people are unclean. I, I, I can't do that. I ain't going there. And God told Peter, get over here. Get here over here. Don't you ever call what I've cleansed unclean. He didn't want to go in. And let me tell you for, for some of you. Some of you, let me tell you. You better get out of your head. I don't like white people. And the white people, I don't like black people. Because guess what? You don't like white people? God's going to give you a ministry to the white people. They say, now I'm going to give you a ministry. You go preach to them. You're like, ah, you don't like black people? God's going to give you a ministry to the black people. Oh, man, God. And I hear they got some angry black women. You know, you know you're scared. But let me tell you, you act like you don't like to do a certain thing. That's what Peter did. He was like, I, I'm not going into them. God said, oh yeah, you're going. And don't you call what I'll call cleanse unclean. So I'm going to tell you right now, if you don't want a ministry going to white people, you better start liking them. Because God's going to send you straight there. Oh man. God, yeah. If you don't like black people, He's going to send you here. And I'm going to put you on staff. You better, You better get it. I'm telling you, God, Peter was there. He was a bigot. God got him straight. Look at verse 15. Are you there? And the voice spake to him again a second time, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou, uh, call, call not thou common. Drop down to verse 18. And called and asked, whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, was lodged there. you got to read the whole thing. I'm, I'm not going to go through all that. While Peter thought on, these, on, on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, everybody said the Spirit said it. Now this is the Spirit, the, the Spirit is talking to him. The Spirit said unto, uh, uh, where am I? called unto him and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, was lodged there. While Peter thought on those visions, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Three men came 
and took Peter to Cornelius' house. You got to read it all. And Peter had no idea what God wanted for him to do back there. He just went there. Look at verse 33. Jump over to 33. Come on, come on, come on. Oh, run. Verse 33. Immediately, therefore, I sent to them, and thou hast well done that thou art come, and therefore we are we all here present before God to hear all the things that are commanded thee of God. Peter's like, what? God, they, they come and hear, Peter said to them, they like, now we come to hear what God is saying. Because remember, the Spirit just told him three men was coming to look for him and they're going to take him to Cornelius' house. He needs to go there. And he's like, what? In other words, Peter's sitting there waiting to hear what God is going to say. Because they're saying we come to hear. Peter had no idea that what God was going to say. So he's sitting there. Now, this is the key to being filled with the Holy Spirit. Here is key. I'm going to give you key. Everybody say key. Now, a key is something that's going to open or let you in somewhere, going to get you to unlock something. This is key. Listen to me. Everybody say, here comes the key to being filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 34. Listen, 34. Then Peter opened his mouth. Then Peter opened his mouth. He didn't know what he was going to say. He didn't know what they said. When, they, when he sat there and they told him up there, okay, we're here to hear what God has to say. He didn't know. But it says he opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. <laughs> yeah, that was a good place to shout. He was thinking to himself, sitting there, because they're, at, they're sitting there looking at him, waiting. I guess he said, well, I don't know what, well, at least I need to just open my mouth. He opened his mouth. Hmm. I brought you here for a number of reasons. The reason number one is when you come up to get baptized in the Holy Ghost, the first thing you have to do is open your mouth. And when I say open your mouth, I don't mean yarn. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm not talking about yarning. You open your mouth and the Holy Ghost will fall all over you. You ain't got to do nothing. It's a gift. You ain't got to try to make up a sound. You ain't got to try to make up. He didn't do anything but sit there and open his mouth. And God filled him with the word. That's what it means when God said, I tell you what to say at the time you need to say it. You just got to be connected to me. The first thing you have to do is open your mouth. The first thing that I've heard people say over the years, and I've been in ministry for quite some time, over the years, people would say, I was trying to get filled with the Holy Ghost, but I was just standing there, but nothing would come out. Well, you got to open your mouth. You got to open your mouth and let them, you know, you got to lift your hands and open your mouth. See, if you don't believe any of this, I'm showing you in the scripture, I ain't making this up. 
Go over to verse 44. 44. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. And they, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. They were astonished as many as came with Peter because that of the, on the thug heathens also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Gentiles, they're shocked. They're like, what? What? And these are Gentiles that have started believing. I'm saying thug heathen. That's just a little play with words. Just play with but, But these Gentiles, they, let me tell you, those of the circumcision, those that were walking with God, they were astonished. They like what? So they let you know it was a bunch of bigots in there. They were like, no, they got it too. That it fell upon. And listen how it said it fell upon them. Just dropped on them. See, that's why it's no such thing as somebody trying to teach you to speak in tongues and teach you to get filled with the Holy Ghost and teach you to raise your hand and say, say, uh, hundred, 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 Five times. Oh, oh, no, no. That's unscriptural. That's unscriptural. It fell upon them. And they began to speak. Again, that's not the Holy Ghost, the tongues. The tongues was evidence that the Holy Spirit was on the inside. That's all it was. Evidence. Tongues is not the essential thing. The essential thing is the power that it gives you. Are you with me? So you got to open your mouth. Now I hear you say, I'm baptized with the Holy Ghost, but I don't speak in other tongues. <laughs> Would you read in the Korean or something? Because everywhere in this Bible, everywhere, everybody say everywhere. Everywhere in this Bible, those that were filled with the Holy Spirit spoke with tongues. Everywhere. So why can't you? Wrong teaching is hard to get rid of. Every time you read someone got filled with the Holy Ghost, the evidence that it was there was that they spoke in tongues. Not that the Holy Spirit is about tongues. It was just the evidence that... You know, how many of you... You can't even go in the court of law. you got to have evidence of something. For the judge or anybody to believe. Judge Aberhart will be a judge soon. When you come before her court, you better have some evidence. You have to have evidence. And that's all the tongues is about. Evidence. That you got the Holy Spirit and you got power. But if you get caught up in just tongues, you'll never get the power. Because you're scared of the tongue. Because you've been taught to be scared of it. You don't want to believe that exists because you've been taught that it's passed away. And it has passed where? Where? How can it be passed away? God left us everything to work out, work out our salvation. Mm, mm, mm. I'm not fussing. Just a side note. I want you to know this. Being filled, baptized in the Holy Spirit 
has nothing to do with water. It has nothing to do with the water baptism. That's a totally different thing. That's a totally different baptism. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit has nothing to do with water. Are you with me? Verse 46. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. They heard them speak in tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, verse 47, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? Here we go. Wait a minute. Some people think when you get baptized with water, you should come up speaking in tongues. Not here. After they were filled with the Holy Ghost, they say, now can anybody forbid them to be baptized with water? They already filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> this was after they were baptized in the Holy Ghost. Then he said, can anybody forbid them to be baptized with water? That's another one. You mean people speaking in tongues and they haven't even been baptized in the water? Yes. Yes, I just, you know what, I just put another religious wrong teaching down the drain. Well, what if they died before they got baptized in water and they got filled? Well, they just entered into heaven dry. That's it. You don't have, water is another evidence. Baptism with the Holy Spirit is one thing. Baptism with water is another thing. I'm trying to drive this home because, let me tell you, if you belong to this ministry, you belong to this ministry, you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need everybody. Let me, God told me, He said, Alva, if everybody in the ministry is filled with the Holy Spirit, you all are take round rock in every surrounding city from Georgetown to Huddle to every But everybody must be filled. That's where the power is going to go. Everybody must be filled. You want to do a work? Get filled with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Stop getting caught up with that. We are starting a prison ministry. We need power to go in that kind of place. We already have a set of people that have already gone through things that we're going in. We got another group that's, that's, that we have to go through a whole deal to go in, to go into the prison. You don't go in that kind of place without power. They beat your tail. And send you running. You better have some power going in there. And just so you know, we got so many good looking women at this church, we ain't having none of the women preach to the men in prison. The men will do that and we'll go to the women. And we know how to handle any spirit like that. They run from us. 
need people with power. If you're going to work with me in ministry, you need power. You need power. I don't need... Let me tell you, I've had enough people in the flesh in my time in ministry. I don't need any of that. You can just sit still. I don't need nobody in the flesh. I don't need a bunch of carnal people. I need people with power. People that are bold. People that said, I have the power. I have with the evidence. Let me tell you, we're scared the whole prison unit just sitting up there, standing in the line, speaking in tongues. They'd be like, what kind of get God bring down the whole house? See, you can't imagine yourself doing that because you have belittled yourself. You don't know what you're capable of doing. But if you're going to work with me, you need power. I'm not going to overfeed you. I still have a bunch of notes. So, But listen, you get filled with the Holy Spirit. You get baptized. Listen, you walk with God. It, there's no other way. There's no other... Don't throw all of that unlearned stuff. I walked you through the Word. You read it for yourself. Let's do one more scripture. We're going to close on it. We, we got to because y'all look like you You might be like, is she going to make me come down? I'm not going to make you do anything. Let me, I ain't never going to make you take a free gift. I'll take yours. You don't want it. Let me tell you. You don't want a freebie. I'll take yours. I'm not going to beg you to come and get no free gift. Let me tell you. When we have our Christmas deals and like we did during the pandemic and we had gifts up here for the children, we didn't have to beg nobody to come get them. Free gifts. They beat the deacons up here. And the office personnel to come get it. Wow, it's a free gift. So I, I, you know what? That's it. No begging nobody to get the Holy Ghost. That free gift, again, let me tell you, I have it. I have that gift. I have that gift. But I always have room for more gifts. So you don't want yours? I'll double up on that one. I'll double up. I'll take yours. Did you see her put her hands on what she called a hip? Yeah. That's the problem. You're looking at the wrong thing. You're looking at the wrong thing. Look at God. Anytime you start looking at me, you're going to miss all of God. I just heard my pastor's voice. No, Al. No. No. It's always next week. Don't try to overfeed them. No, no, no. A lot of you probably don't know I found him pastor, but he was my husband. And he would always say, and he was a great teacher, slow down. The most important thing is that they understand. Don't try to give them everything at once. And then when I would do that, he'd tell me, get home. He'd say, now next week you go right back over that, all of that. You just ran to go right back over that. So I could hear his voice saying, Al, don't, Al. No, see, he calls me Al. Al, no. No. If he was sitting over there, he'd be saying, And don't have him look over them glasses at me, the two fingers, that me and the boys. 
That means come here, your tail's in trouble. You, you, you all wrong. So I'm gonna stop there. But I want you to know. See, now you gotta come back. If you want a free gift, and you know you love a free gift. I'm having fun with you, but I'm gonna tell you the seriousness of it. This is why you haven't had power. God's speaking to me right now. Now this is for those of you that are already filled with the Holy Spirit. Now he's saying right now, I'll say that Father, he's saying right now, repent. Right now. It's important, repent right now. And this is what he's saying. He said you've been filled with the Holy Ghost. And you haven't spoken tongues or prayed in that language in months and months and months. You haven't even been walking in that. Repent right now. That was a free gift. All of that was for a reason. And see, we'll get into it because it is power, but there's benefits in speaking in tongues as well. That's not the Holy Spirit, but it's benefits. But he said, those that are already... You haven't, you haven't, you haven't, you haven't prayed in a long time. Just in the spirit. Repent right now. Repent right now. I'm telling you right now because that's what he said. Ask God to forgive you. Right, right now. You, 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 you've been having it. You haven't, haven't exercised that. Now, I'm not going to try to put you to shame or anything like that. And it's not, not to shame, but to ask you to stand up. But you know who you are. You've been filled with the Holy Ghost and not, not utilized. Been so caught up in this world. So caught up in foolishness. That means nothing. That people are going to forget about. And just forgetting all about the power of the Holy Spirit. I was going to call you all down to, to this, but I got more to teach on Sunday before I call you down. Because you got to see it and you got to know it. But that's enough for you to know. Go back and study it out. Study it out. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism with water. The difference. There's a big difference. It even goes far as to show you People came and they said, "Well, what, what, what are you? What were you baptized?" And they said, "Well, we haven't even heard that it even be a Holy Ghost." See, some of you ain't even heard that it really be a Holy Ghost. Well, I'm gonna preach it to you until you say, "What must I do to have that?" See, that's what I did when I when I was filled with the Holy Ghost many many years ago. I was home by myself, and I was listening to the TV. My husband was working a natural, normal job then. Just a, he wasn't in, in ministry. And I was home by myself. I don't even think I had Isaac. Then I think I just had Isaiah. And I think he was in the playpen and they were saying the Holy Spirit. And I was like, what the? I know I'm saved. What, what the? And they started talking about that. And I started seeing people. I said, now wait a minute. And I ran over to that TV and I looked in and I saw that. I said, God, if that's real, if that's real, I want it. 
I want. Let me tell you, my husband wouldn't even feel then. He was at work. See, that's another thing you should do while your husband's at work. Instead of doing a bunch of corner things, you need to go somewhere and pray. In the spirit. I say, God, I want that. If it's real, I want it. Why am I sitting here? I want that. I want that. No sooner as I said it, I just went up to that TV and I just lifted my hands up to the air and I guess my mouth was open. And from that day to this day, I was filled. I went through that house really, and I guess Isaiah was over the playpen looking at me like, what is she doing there? I was running back and forth down down our little apartment going, you know, I was, oh, I was just, and he was looking like, well, what is going on? And when my husband walked in the door, I said, I got filled with the Holy Ghost today. He said, wait, wait a minute, Al. Wait a minute. What's going on here? I said, I got it. I got it. I got it. He said, you got what? I said, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. He said, we Christians, we all, we, we already have. I said, oh no. I got it. I got it. And I'm not letting go. A couple of days after that, he got it. He was like, I want some. I want some too. And the day he got it is when God zoomed him so far ahead of me. Boom. I was like, wait. Wait, wait, wait. But God, but you have to open your mouth. I wasn't scared of it. So you don't have to be in church to get it. You ain't got to be in the building. You don't even have to wait till next week. For what you learn today, you go home and say, God, I want that if that's true what that woman said that put her hands on her imagination. I want it. He'll fall on you and you'll be like, what in the world? You'll come in here speaking in tongues. We'll have to get some order out of you. Not that you would be out of order like you don't know what you're doing. You're just so happy to have it. You're just so happy to have the power. I'm telling you, you get boldness. That, them relatives that you were scared to talk to, you're going to go up to them boldly. Throw your head back and say, look, you need to be saved. They'll be like, what you say? Yeah, you need to be saved. Power! Stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.